0: Today, inshallah, I want to share with you a very interesting passage from the Qur'an. And I'm sharing this passage based on what we see happening often in our society and what we see often happening amongst people. See, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I've said this before, I'm going to say this again. The reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shared with us in the Qur'an stories of the past, especially stories that happened at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi or even stories that happened amongst Bani Israel so that it's a lesson for all of us. This Qur'an was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ. The very first recipients of the Qur'an were the Sahaba The Sahaba are being informed and told that there were certain things that the people of Bani Israel did. And you and they were an ummah, we are an ummah. You are, this is Allah telling the Sahaba and the Muslims, you are an ummah. Make sure that you do not follow the same footsteps as a previous ummah, especially when it, when it came to the wrong things, if you want to succeed, just to give you an example, we just went through a you know a brief you know cold front, where you know the temperatures went you know they were really low and so forth. All of us we were taking some certain protective measures inside our own homes. Why? Because we've heard things about the past, right? If you don't drip your faucets, for example your uh, your your pipes can burst, um, you know, due to not dripping your faucets and so forth. We probably have experienced this personally. We saw these kind of stories. So we make sure that we hear about stories of the past, we make sure that we don't repeat those same mistakes right now. Likewise, there were things that the the people of Bani Israel did that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is saying that make sure you as an ummah, you don't do the same thing. Now, what am I referring to? I'll tell you exactly what I'm referring to. Often today, we have people and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us many times in the quran la tattabi ahwa'ahum ولا ahwa'ahum like allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says do not follow your desires rather you should follow whatever allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in the quran and what we have learned from the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam but yet today we are living in such a time where today everyone has their own opinion about what deen is we all think we know the best you know, subhanAllah, when it comes to building your home, you'll find the best architect. When it comes to your medical needs, you'll find the best doctor. When it comes to a surgery, you'll try to find the best uh, surgeon. When it comes to everything, we feel like that I need to always resort to someone who is not, who is an expert, and I have no idea about this. But if there's one area in our life, where each one of us we feel, even though we have not studied, we have not gone through the traditional training. Each one of many of us we think that if there is one area that we feel like we're an expert in, is it is the matters of religion. I, each one of us, and many times we have our own opinion about something. We go to the sheikh and we say that this is my question. If the sheikh gives the answer according to what I want to hear, this is the best sheikh. Okay This is the best sheikh And then we're going to tell other people If you want to know an answer Go to this sheikh Okay Now The same sheikh You go to him And you say Sheikh You know I came to you last time You know mashallah You explain things very well I have this other dilemma Can you please give me the answer And then they give you And they give you the answer Based on what's in the Quran And the sunnah of the Prophet And it is an answer That you don't want to hear why? Because it goes against your own personal desires. It goes against your own personal opinion. Ah, uh, worst sheikh in the world, okay? Worst sheikh in the world. This sheikh, he doesn't know anything, okay? Please, everyone, st- stop going to this sheikh. This is a culture that we have created, unfortunately. And once again, we have to be very, very careful that this fatwa shopping that we often engage in, this is something that Bani Israel did. This is exactly what Bani Israel did. You go to Surah Ma'idah. Surah Ma'idah from ayah number 41 to ayah number 50. Read this passage. Whenever you go home, read this passage. And try to read the tafsir of this passage. Because first of all, in Surah Ma'idah, if you don't know, is according to many ulama, it is the last surah to be revealed. And it is the last surah to be revealed with ahkam, with laws and legislation. And when it came to the last surah, this surah has the most amount of the words or the phrase ya amanu. First of all is when Allah says ya amanu, Ibn Mas'ud says whenever Allah says ya amanu, he says oh Muslims wake up and listen attentively to what Allah is saying. There are approximately 88 ya amanu's in the Quran and out of those 88, 18 of them are in this surah. This is Allah's final message to the Muslims that I'm leaving you, I'm telling you these things. And that's why you read Surah Ma'idah, Allah talks about some very important aspects of our life. Allah talks about our commitments. Allah talks about halal and haram when it comes to marriage, when it comes to food. Allah talks about wudu, Allah talks about salat, Allah talks about tayammum, Allah talks about justice, Allah talks about the previous nations. And if there's one thing that also Allah subhanahu talks about here is about even interfaith. Allah talks about that what should be our level of engagement when it comes to people who are not Muslims when it comes to people who are you know living in your society that you are you know, your religion and their religion are not on the same page. But how do you work with them? In what capacity do you work with them? So a lot of these things are mentioned in Surah Ma'idah and much more is mentioned in Surah Ma'idah. But this passage is a very interesting passage from 41 to 50 because this is Allah telling us that if you really wanna protect your faith, especially in these areas, you have to stop doing what Bani Ismail did and what they did was fatwa shopping. Now, I'm gonna give you two instances that happened in Bani Ismail. So there was three Jewish tribes. If you remember, in in uh, Medina, there was Banu Nadir, Banu um, Qurayza, and Banu Qainuqa. When it came to um, when it came to eliteness, because this is something that happens in many religions, that there is a caste system. Even in Hinduism, there is a a caste system. Uh, even within Jewish tribes. A long time ago, there was a caste system. Alhamdulillah, within our deen, if there's one thing that we don't have, is a caste system. You want to talk about anyone who wants to be elite in our deen? There's only one way to be elite in our deen, and that is to have the most amount of taqwa. Allah says in the Quran, "Inna atqakum." The best amongst you, the most dignified amongst you, is the one who has the most amount of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, what happened was that Banu Nadir had this going ongoing feud with Banu uh, Banu Qurayza, and they had created a rule that if someone from Banu Qurayza comes and kills someone from Banu Nadir, because once again these Jewish tribes were going at it a lot, okay and Aus and Khazraj who eventually became the Ansar, many of them became the Ansar, they were on the side of these Jewish tribes. So there was a lot of like, a lot of feud and a lot of conflict going on in Medina prior to the coming of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So what happened was that they made a rule that if someone from Banu Quraidah comes and kills one of our men, then instead of just taking the life of that one man amongst Banu Quraidah, we're gonna take the life of someone else in Banu So. If you kill one person from Banu Nadir, we're gonna kill two people. That one person who killed, their life has to be taken. But then, in, in in addition to that, one more other person's life should be taken. You understand? So there was an injustice. There was an imbalance in the system. If anything happened to Banu Nadir, then they would come back to Banu Qurayza and they would do. They would you know not. They would seek revenge in a in a double capacity. So. What happened was that one person from Banu Quraiza went and because of the conflicts that were taking place, they may have killed someone from Banu Nadir. Now, Banu Nadir came back to Quraiza and said, We need two men. First of all, the person who killed this person, but then in addition, you have to give us one, one other person. So they said, Nah, this time we're going to go. Listen to these people. These were people who'd rejected. The, the, the message of the Prophet Wasallam. These are people who were not in favor of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So what they did was that they said that in this particular situation, let's go and see what Islam has to say about this matter. Let's go and see what the Prophet Sallallahu has to say about this matter. So they come to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Prophet, they informed the Prophet Sallallahu they made him aware of the situation. They said, Ya Rasulullah, what judgment would you render in this particular situation had this happened in your own Muslim community Rasulullah said it's simple life for a life and by the way you'll find in the same passage the very well known verse eye for an eye Wal-anfa bil-anfi, this is mentioned here in this passage by the way So the Prophet said, this is my verdict. This is what my verdict would be if something were like this to happen in my Muslim community. So they said that, see, you know, this is Islam is a great system. You understand? Now these are the Jewish people once again. They're saying Islam is the best system. Now we're not, you're not gonna come and take two people from our community. The person who took his life, you can take their life and that is it. And we're done. But of course, they were not happy to hear this. Now, another incident takes place. And this happens with the Jewish people of, of Khaybar. So Banu Nadir, by the way, they were expelled from Medina because they did something, long story, but they were expelled from Medina. And it was, it was a story about a woman who walked into a jewelry shop, a gold shop, and what they did was that they stepped on her, her, um, her like abaya, and as she moved, her body, her abayah got ripped off and her body got exposed and so forth. And long story short, the, the Prophet, he expelled this Jewish community from Medina. Now, these people, there was a, a situation where there was a man and a woman who committed zina while they were married. Now, we know that if you're not married, um, the law or the had in Islam is. There are hundred lashes, okay? That is the law. However, for if, zan, if, if they are married, we know the laws in that matter too. So in that situation, they said that, well, this might be a little harsh. We went to the Prophet ﷺ earlier, and he gave us an amazing fatwa. Okay, he told us what Islam has to offer. Let's go back running to the Prophet ﷺ and let's see what Islam has to say about this matter. So again, they come back to the Prophet ﷺ and they say, Ya Rasulullah, what is the verdict, what is the fatwa on this particular matter if someone were to commit zina and they were married? Rasulullah ﷺ gave them the fatwa. The Prophet ﷺ said, if something like this happened within our community, this, is, this will be the had. And they said that, Ya Rasulullah, this is a terrible fatwa. Like what kind of a fatwa is this? So, what happened was that at that same time, Rasulullah ﷺ said that there is a person in your community, his name is Ibn Surya. Um, and according to some ulama, they pronounce his name a little differently, but the point is, his name was close to Ibn Surya. So, he, the Prophet ﷺ said, you respect this man. He's a person in your community. What is your opinion about this man? They said that he's a man who knows the Torah. He is well-versed. He is educated. he's very intellectual and so forth. So the Prophet ﷺ said, call him. He was brought to the Prophet. ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ asked him that these people have said such and such great things about you. What is your verdict about a particular situation? And subhanAllah, he gave the same verdict. He said that in our Torah, The rule about this particular matter is as such. And it was basically the same thing as the Prophet said. But once again, they were not happy because they wanted a different verdict. So what did they do? They said, Ya Ya Rasulullah, we're not happy with this. They told Ibn Surya, You don't know anything either. And they left. Once again, when they got the answer from the Prophet that was according to their desire, they were all happy. They're praising Islam. When they heard something different from what they wanted to hear, they were criticizing Rasulullah. And that is why in that same passage, Allah said to the Prophet, because of their attitude like this, Allah says, if they come to you and they are seeking, you know, legal consultation and you know how their nature is. Allah says to the Prophet, ﷺ, either you can give them a fatwa, you can give them a verdict, or you can turn away from them and say, I don't want to give you a verdict. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says then, Wa in if you turn away from them and you refuse to give them a verdict, Okay? They cannot harm you, you will not be harmed, you have not done anything wrong. Wa in Hakamta if you do render a judgment in their matter, then do it with justice. إِنَّ اللَّهُ يُحِبُّ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, He loves those who apply justice. Now, in this passage, I'm going to finish on this. There are some certain, there are some certain um, things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, which are very, I would say, advices for those who are asking the question. And number two is the one who is giving the judgment. As for the person who's asking the question, the stories tell us that we cannot engage in this idea that if I hear a fatwa, a sheikh tells me something that I want to hear, we praise him. And when we don't hear something that we want to hear, then we criticize them. This is something that we have to get rid of. And by the way, you'll find many scholars who will say the same thing. Now, I will say this. If you know of an opinion that it comes from a very reliable source, it comes from a very reliable sheikh, and once again, there are, you know, in our society, there are some opinions that are considered as ma'ruf and mashhoor, okay? Opinions that are very well known and they have been adopted everywhere. And there are some opinions that are considered as shad. Shad means that they are extremely rare. And there are times when people, for their own comfort, they want to go for the most rarest opinions, okay? They want to go for the most rarest opinions. This picking and choosing that many of us have created within our life, wallahi, many ulama they say, I'm not saying this, many ulama they say, this falls into the category of worshiping or following your desires. So that is why it is very important for all of us. That when we hear something that comes from the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah, وسلم, we must abide by that. And that is why, interestingly, also in the same passage from 41 to 50, there is one thing that Allah mentions three times. He says, Whoever does not make a judgment based on what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed, meaning That the person who's being asked the question, they have to give the verdict based on what Allah has mentioned. And the person who's asking the question, they have to follow what's in the Quran. Allah says, Whoever does not render a judgment based on what Allah has revealed, three things Allah mentioned. They are people who are kafir or they are people who have rejected the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala number 2 is faulaika humul they are oppressors number 3 is humul fasiqun they are people who are fasiq they are sin, uh, they are evil doers and they commit sins so subhanallah the person who's asking the question we have to be very careful going forward that if something that if there is something in the Quran i'm doing something in my life you know, this is something that, by the way, I've seen happening before where people have told other people that I don't want to hear this sheikh because, you know, he, that person was doing something that is wrong. Clearly he's doing something that is wrong, but when the sheikh called him out for the wrongdoing that he was, he was doing... Then he got upset with the sheikh that you have no right to interfere my family. Although the family is the one who came to the sheikh and said, this is what's happening with us. The sheikh said that if this is exactly what's happening, it is dhulm. The person who is actually doing the dhulm, he was not happy about this. So that's why we have to change this mindset. If we are following our desires, then we're not following the Quran and the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, simple as that. Now as to the person who's being asked the question, first of all is, we've talked about this before, we should never ever render a judgment. That. Especially in the case of where we have not gone through traditional training and this thing that many of us unfortunately have today I'm gonna go and ask someone and then I'm just gonna go and you know someone comes to you and says What is the verdict about this matter? Okay, let me quickly check this particular answer and then just give it to that person This is not how things worked a long time ago in this day and age because we have this okay we have this shaitan in our hand that's why At times we do these kind of things, but the person who's being asked the question, Allah makes it very clear. Okay. First of all is, do not be afraid of people, but be afraid of me. This is Allah saying that when you render a judgment, do not be worried about what people are gonna say. The person's job who's being asked the question is that they provide the fatwa based on what's in the Quran and the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu and that is it, period. No no ends, no ifs and buts. Simple as that. Why? Because in, the, in one or two ayahs before that, interestingly, Allah talks about the Jewish rabbis and he says, سَمَّعُونَ akaluna suht Allah says that they will take bribes. If you wanted a verdict, I, I will take a bribe. And then I'll give a verdict accordingly. And in this day and age, by the way, many people don't give the fatwa accordingly because it's, you know, when we say the word bribe, the only thing that comes to my mind and your mind is money. That's all that comes to our our mind. But bribe is, a bribe is, I'm going to give you an answer or a fatwa in exchange for something that I want that is considered as a worldly possession. In this day and age, a long time ago, it was money. In this day and age, there's so many other things that can be considered as a bribe. You know, social media following, by the way, can be considered as a bribe. I don't want to give a fatwa, why? Because if I say something about this particular matter in the community, in the society, I will lose social media following. By the way, this is, you, you think that I'm kidding here when I say these kind of things? This is real, you understand, this is real. If I say such and such, then I'm not gonna get the funding. I'm not going to get this, I'm not going to get that. Because we are so obsessed with getting other people's approval and pleasure that we will squash and we will walk over the Qur'an and the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This becomes what? A bribery. You understand? And the Qur'an says the jewish people i mean the the jewish rabbis a long time ago in the time or like in the time of um ben they took this rishwa they took these bribes and they would give the verdict accordingly so that is why first of all allah said that this is haram And not only that, but when you give a verdict, do not be worried about people, but you give the verdict accordingly, what's in the Quran and Sunnah. And finally, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, وَأَنْزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدِيهِ مِنْ الْكِتَابِ. That Allah says, وَأَنْزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ that we have revealed to you the Quran. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا is, it is just not justifying, but it is. Uh, affirming what came before. And then Allah subhanahu says at the end of that ayah, Do not follow your desires diverting away from the haqq. Okay? Because once again, either you're going to follow the haqq or you're going to follow your desire. You cannot be following both at the same time. So that is why these are clear instructions in the Quran, advices and guidelines for those who are asking the question. And guidelines for those who are being asked the question. And finally, the most important thing as I started off with, and I'll finish on this, this idea of fatwa shopping is a, serious, is a serious sickness, a spiritual sickness that many of us are dealing with. And we need to end this. We need to finish this personally. There's no need to point fingers at each other. Many of us are doing this ourselves. So that is why we need to end this. Follow what we find in the Qur'an the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we should be satisfied with that because if we call ourselves Muslims, that means that I have already submitted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I have verbally done it, now I have to do it in a practical manner. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant all of us tawfiq to act upon the Qur'an, the teachings of the Qur'an and of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Amin Alameen. Wa khair. Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَالْمُسْلِمَاتِ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ وَالْقَانِتِينَ وَالْقَانِتَاتِ وَالصَّادِقِينَ وَالصَّادِقَاتِ وَالصَّابِرِينَ وَالصَّابِرَاتِ وَالخَاشِعِينَ وَالخَاشِعَاتِ والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات أعد الله لهم أغفرة وأجرا عظيما